Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present Hardcore Listing, the podcast. Hello and welcome to Hardcore Listing Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. And I have a co-host today. I've done that. <laughs> Just you, today, that's so weird. Do you know it's what? Cause you, it's because you record so many podcasts, Stu. As, as I got into it then, I just forgot. I'm so self-involved, I forgot there was anyone else involved. You got too big for your own boots, mate. <laughs> just literally did. I burst out me flip-flops. Oh, no. Oh, that's embarrassing. Uh, hello and welcome to Hardcore Listing. Uh, sitting opposite me, as ever, my trusty co-host. Uh, yes. And um, not looking too dishevelled again, like the haircut's holding up. Um, Christopher you. William Glasson, good morning. Oh, hey, matey. Yeah, good morning. How are you? I'm just, I'm, I'm in awe of your new uh, headphone, microphone uh, combo. Yeah, thanks, mate. It's me. It, it's basically off my PlayStation because you've been having a go at me that my old headset needs replacing. And I'm going to buy one. But right, it, didn't, it didn't need replacing. It was perfectly fine. But it's got a built-in microphone on a cord yeah. that just rustled in your beard for the entirety of the... The recording. I think it's just old. I don't even think it's that now. But uh, oh, right, okay. I mean, this is a really boring technical conversation we're subjecting our listeners to. It's yeah. not the only thing we do on this podcast, is it? No, what do we do on this podcast? We do fun? top fives, my friend. So mm-hmm. we will invite guests on. Sometimes um, it's friends. Sometimes it's musicians or people within other, in, in other areas who will come on and do a top five of their choice. It could be serious. It could be uh, quite zeitgeist. Um, and also, we sometimes get listeners to throw in top fives for us to do. And we've been going for about four years now, five years. Lost count. It's mm. a lot of fun. That's it. That's a little breakdown, Shuey. You freestyled that. I've uh, that there, there, was, there, there was a few. There was a few times where I thought, "Oh, oh, he's going off track here. Is he going to be able to pull it back?" <laughs> sometimes we have music uh, friends, and sometimes we have musicians. We're not friends with any musicians. Let's clarify that. They're not friends. They're just musicians. Yeah, right. Of course. Yeah. Um, we've also got sponsors, so should we um, take a little break and listen to them? Let's listen to them. Uh, hello. This is uh, Charles, um, Chaz from Love Beer, uh, and and I'm here to tell you about why I sponsor uh, Hardcore Listening and what what Love Hyphen Beer.co.uk does. Uh, I am a fully certified by the British Beer and Pubs Association for bar installation with a focus on home and office bars. 
I have loads of home bar clients who have really enjoyed the service during lockdown, as well as corporate office clients like Facebook and HelloFresh. I offer a complete solution from installing the bar equipment right the way through to keg supply. I also offer regular maintenance packages for those who want a bar without all the hassle. Hello, this is Charles also from Love Beer. I just want to also let you know I'm fully licensed to sell kegs. We can supply loads of different products from mainstream beers and ciders right through to trendy craft beers and even Prosecco kegs, all delivered to your bar by a certified technician. Also, why I'm here, have I mentioned the Land Rover Beeries 3, which is a 45-year-old XMOD Land Rover Series 3 that we have done a complete restoration on during lockdown. The 3 Beeries 3 is a custom-built, high-performance bar hidden in the back of a Land Rover. The bar we have installed is capable of doing upwards of 500 pints per hour. We're about four to five weeks off having it all back together and ready to show it off. And I'll be launching an Instagram for it this week. Nice one, Charles. Nice one. Okay, lastly, we want to thank, and certainly not leastly, we want to thank... Is leastly a word? Oh, no, it's really not. Right, we're going with it. <laughs> we're going with it. Do it. So, we want to thank Luke Van Boom. Luke Van Boom has a company called Bang Boom Creative. Luke is a, a long-time sponsor of this show and a friend of this show. If you see the pictures of Chris and I on the socials advertising this podcast... Them happy snaps were taken uh, by the genius that is Luke Van Boom. I mean, that's just the tip of, of, of what he does. Chris, do you want to explain a little bit more about what Bang Boom Creative does? Yes, it's all about fresh, innovative production. So they're all about content with a heart and soul, making films of all kinds, shooting dynamic photographs and putting smiles on faces. They're passionate storytellers, working with a diverse range of brands of all sizes. You know, Their work includes short film, viral video, animation, hidden camera stunts, product demos, live action, 360 imaging, and music promo. And they've worked with a ton of companies as well. Universal, uh, BBC Children in Need, even the Mayor of London, Katie Piper, the NHS, the Dogs Trust. They've, they've worked with a lot of companies. It's, it consistently blows my mind, you know, the stuff that you've just said there. Why does he have anything to do with us plums? Stop talking him out of it. <laughs> Boom sponsors thank you very much well look we hope you're doing okay today uh we have a guest today um <laughs> so uh, it's not just me and chris so you're in for a treat um and uh the guest today um is a friend it's not a musician it's a friend so uh so uh, it's going to be a, a good chat today um our guest today is kirsty eaton uh and kirsty uh is here to uh obviously count down the top five but also talk about um reach out for mental health hello Kirst you all right you know what I'm gonna say just as we start that my my internet lag is really quite poor and it keeps freezing on your faces in the most amazing positions I might even have to get my phone and just gradually take a few pictures because it's 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 hilarious (laughs) now we know now we know that as well Kirsty there's going to be points where we're going to both just stop and freeze and just just to freak you out <laughs> how are you this morning i'm good i'm good i've never i've never done a podcast i've never even spoke to anybody this early in the morning i must say like <clears throat> i've been up since nine and i haven't even spoken to the members of my household yet so um 
Yeah, I'm not used to being up and <laughs> talking this early. Or on a podcast. Well, you know, it, you'll be podcast. fine. You'll be fine. It's a novelty. Baptism of fire. Before you know it, the podcast will be over. People are always like, I can't believe how quickly it just shoots by. Um, so this next four-hour chat, that's what you set aside, Kirsten, <laughs> wasn't it? It was four hours. <laughs> No, I can't agree. I'll be oh, going to zip, honestly. Agree. Before you know it, your whole weekend will be over. <laughs> You'll be back to work. <laughs> well, um, let's um, let's just have a a, a brief kind of um, insight into work, actually, and then obviously we'll discuss uh, how it evolved and and um, um, what you've done with, with with reach out for mental health um, throughout the duration of the podcast, interspersed with your top five. But before you actually announce your top five, do you want to sort of give uh, listeners like a, a, a brief sort of overview of of Reach Out for Mental Health? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, um, so Reach Out for Mental Health is a suicide prevention service. So, yeah, that's going to be the topic of this morning, listeners. So strap in. Um, yeah. So Reach Out for Mental Health came about after a colleague of mine sadly died by suicide in 2016. And we both worked for a large housing association. Um, and, <clears throat> well, for about 10 years and just became really frustrated and annoyed at all the bureaucracy and red tape that was involved with getting people any kind of support at all. Um, so I worked with lots of different client groups. So people with mental health problems, obviously people with learning disabilities, ex-offenders, people with uh, people living in recovery of drug and alcohol abuse. And yeah, it's, it was just, there, there was nothing ever straightforward. It, it always seemed to be like you were trying to fit um, a square peg in a round hole or something. And if you didn't fit in this box or if you didn't meet this criteria, you couldn't get the support. <clears throat> and it was just, it really, really used to piss me off. Oh, can we swear? Too late. You can edit that. Oh, yeah. um, it used to annoy me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, after Steve died, I mean, Steve and I, I've, I've never pretended that Steve and I were, were best mates and we used to hang out outside of work. We weren't. We were, we were yeah. merely colleagues. Um, yeah. But his suicide just absolutely unraveled me. You know, it was the first person I'd ever yeah. known to die by suicide. And after hearing his story through his family, <clears throat> which was basically, Steve was one of the rare guys who actually asked for help. So as we'll talk about a lot through the podcast, and as you guys know, because you're in that high risk category, men don't talk about their feelings, men don't talk about their struggles, men just keep it all locked up and just kind of ignore it and stick it in a cupboard somewhere. But Steve actively asked for help. He went around asking for people for help and he just didn't get any. Um, so I just decided that I wanted to create something that was a nice, relaxed, non-clinical, chilled out environment where people could go to when they were feeling like they wanted to die, basically. That's the, that's the top and bottom of it. Um, it's, it's taken on a few different um, carnations, incarnations, is that the right word? It's a big okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's essentially a befriending service. So we pair people up with a befriender who's specifically trained in suicide prevention for about 12 weeks and they can receive support with this allocated person um as i say for 12 weeks that could be either over the phone um a walk and talk which we started during lockdown 
um, or a coffee afternoon or a face-to-face -face appointment. And yeah, it's just rather than rather than speaking to a clinician, you know, within any kind of profession, it seems to be as soon as you mention suicide, the old safeguarding comes out. And it's like, well, you've mentioned suicide, so I'm going to need to escalate this. And that just, that kind of confirms to the person who's just disclosed to you, probably, you, you know, you might be the only person that they've actually disclosed this to, that, shit, I can't talk about this. I'm not allowed to talk about this. They're going to, this is going to go somewhere else. This is now going to be taken out of my hands. You know, my control might be taken away. My kids might be taken away. And it was just, it's just bollocks. So... Yeah, I just wanted to create a safe, chilled out place for people to come and chat. And by and large, that's that's what we've done. That was a pretty long intro, wasn't it? That's basically the no, 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 podcast. That was great. Thanks anyway for coming on, on Kirsty. Yeah, it's been a, a joy having a chat this morning. <laughs> How on earth did you? Sp <clears throat> okay, so this tragedy happens, right, for for um, Steve and, and everyone associated. And how did you start? Uh, that whole endeavor because we, we we you know if we've been touched we've been affected by this this whole um thing we all handle it in different ways there's no particularly right way i would say um some might be more useful for you than others um you you dis, you know at some point you came you turned around and said uh i like you said there this kind of sucks this is kind of want to do something about it how do you start such a, what feels like, it feels like a mountain to start that sort of support. How did you do that? Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, so Steve died in 2016. No, he didn't, he died in 2015, sorry. We registered in 2016 and then we didn't actually get up and running until 2018. So that kind of gives you an idea about just how difficult it was to get going. Um, yeah. And I wasn't under any illusion that it was going to be easy because of the subject matter. And because I'm not a counsellor, yeah. I'm a mental health professional. I haven't got a single qualification to my name, to be honest. Um, and I was met by all of these barriers. First of all, you know, you don't have a qualification. What on earth do you know about supporting somebody who's suicidal? Mm. Um, and B, there, there seems to be, it's a lot less now, we've really progressed in the last six years, but there seems to be this kind of idea that suicidal people are a massive risk. So I got met with questions like, so what are you going to do? So this is, so we, we, we first started out with an out of hours drop in at Hardy Park in Stamford. And we were met with these, not, not by Hardy Park, thank God, but we were met with these questions like, what if somebody comes in with a knife? And it's like, they want to kill themselves, mate, not me. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, so it took ages to get over all of those, again, safeguarding procedures. Um, and so, God, when we first started up, we had cameras. We had the lot, you know, just in case anything kicked off. We had um, little SOS devices so that if anything happened, we could just click it and it would go to like the emergency service. I mean, it was just horrific, but we couldn't get off the ground unless we had all of this because right. nothing like this existed naturally, because if it did, I wouldn't have had to start it up. So yeah. we didn't have all of the amazing crisis cafes and like crisis sanctuaries that we have now, um, which 
by and large, generally across the country, they're, they're, they're managed by mind. Um, and so, yeah, it was really starting from scratch. There wasn't any kind of frame of reference to work from. There weren't really any examples of good practice that I could bounce off of because it, it just wasn't out there. So, yeah, you know, not having, knew, knowing that I wanted to support people that were suicidal, not having a clue about how to do that. Um, as I say, I looked around for kind of what was in line with my principles and kind of what I was looking to achieve. And I found Maytree, which is a fantastic suicide respite centre in North London. Yeah. And it's a place where you can go for five nights, um, all free of charge. And that's run entirely by volunteers. Um, and again, it's you know completely non-clinical. They don't check your bags when you come in. It is all about trust and respect and basically giving back that person the responsibility for their own lives, which again is, mm -hmm. is a concept that's kind of lost within mental health services across the board, let alone suicide prevention. Um, and yeah, so I just, I love, I love what they did and um, decided to volunteer there. <laughs> So um, volunteered with them for two years, which was a fantastic experience. And one of their coordinators agreed to help me out with the training. So all of our volunteers are trained by a Maytree trainer. So we all receive the same training that's you know, in line with um, Maytree. And Maytree was set up by a couple of ex-Samaritans. So it's kind of like Maytree piggybacked off Samaritans. We've piggybacked off Maytree, but you've got this golden thread that runs through all three services, which is based around trust, respect, a, a, you know, a, a reciprocal relationship, valuing somebody as a human, which, as I say, it's just, it's just not done. It's getting better, but um, it's just not really, um, yeah, it's not really embraced in our, in our culture of today. Yeah. Well, I've, I've had a fair amount of, um, I, I worked, uh, I started my, one, one of my careers at a place called the Ombudsman and we had, um, we used to handle people in very difficult financial situations and you'd get, um, you'd get lots of, well not lots, but it's not uncommon to have those conversations with people who are about to live their entire, entire livelihood. And um, throughout my professional life, I've seen varying companies handle that with a variety right a variety varying level of success um and I'm, ju I'm actually surprised that there there hasn't really been this sort of informal bit uh, way for people to come and walk in somewhere that you've developed so i, I think that's it, it's really good and as i say some companies they kind of almost it's kind of like it's almost like bureaucracy where like, you know, they'll, they'll know a certain model, like there's a Texas model for vulnerable people you might speak to on the phone. And it's kind of like, they'll sometimes call me and say, we've had this issue happen. Are we covered? Mm. And it's kind of like, I feel like they're so more worried about like, not just the like risk, it's reputational risk as mm. beyond anything else. And it's kind of like, I think you kind of like, I listen to these phone calls that will ask me listening. I think, I think you're missing the point on, what's going on there and I think this is what you kind of need to do here so yeah it's a, it's a it's a funny old thing and I think there's varying degrees of knowledge but you're sort of like how you've trained and, and whatnot and and the value you've got out of it it's, it sounds it sounds fascinating and you say you've got these branches now up and down the country have you county only Essex walk-ins and 
local local service for local people yes um yeah so we uh we we started out in thurrock and um yeah so we 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 were supporting we had a couple of hubs we had yeah started out in hardy park in awesome and going through hardy park after dark when you're feeling well and kind of well adjusted is one thing when you're riddled with anxiety and thinking about killing yourself, going through a dark park probably isn't the best idea. So we didn't really get anybody coming along. So we moved it to Gray's, uh, somewhere called the Community House on Seabrook Rise. And that went down really well. Um, and then we opened up a place in South Lockingdon because we get a lot of referrals from South Lockingdon. And then Perfleet on the Garrison Estate because again, that kind of goes without saying Garrison Estate's got a lot of... Lot of for, for, for those that live outside of, yeah, <coughs> of, of Essex, like, we should point out that the four places there that, that, that Kirsty's just referencing to, um, certainly the last three are in very, very sort of poor areas. Uh, and yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and yeah, pretty scary areas as well. You know, it's, you know the Seabrook Rise and Garrison Estate and... Many parts of Ockingdon are, 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 you know, like Hardy Park, you would not want to be walking through at night uh, on your own. They're quite quite scary places. <clears throat> well, should we pick back up on the story once we kind of announce the top five and, and, and get your five rolling? Yeah. So, so Chris, what is your top five going to be today? So, I thought it was difficult to think of what you can do for a top five for this kind of subject matter. And I thought I would go through a top five of what to say and what not to say if you're speaking to somebody who either has um, divulged or disclosed that they're feeling suicidal, or if you're thinking that possibly there might be. Because again, particularly men, they use different language. So you really have to kind of read between the lines. They, it's very rare that you'll get a bloke that will say, I'm feeling suicidal or I want to die. They'll use different language. And it's really yeah. important that everybody knows exactly how to handle that conversation. You know, you don't have to volunteer for us to know this stuff. You might be faced with it down the pub. You might be faced with it with your partner or your brother or your auntie. So yeah, I just think it's really important that everybody knows that gets a bit of confidence with how to handle this kind of situation. I, I think that's an incredible them? top five, Kirsty. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I think this is a great. Top Sorry, there was five. a lag there. Think, Sorry. Know, we, we... <laughs> it's all good. Um, yeah, I think it'd be a great top five. Uh, I think there's something we can learn from this. Um, and uh, yeah, let's go. Let's go with number five, shall we? Okay. So I've got. Don't say at least. Nobody who's feeling suicidal or overwhelmed or stressed out or pissed off with life however you want to call it don't be branding around at least don't be like well at least you know you've got you've got a good family and you've got a good job you know you've got it's you know don't 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 be parading all of these positive things in their life because that that won't do anybody any good that's just going to make them feel so much worse and chances are the person who you're talking to is going to be feeling like the lowest of the low and more commonly is feeling like they're doing their friends and family um, a favour by kind of removing themselves from their lives. Um, so saying things like, you know, 
at least it's at least you've got this and at least you've got a good job and at least you've got an amazing car and amazing house and that just yeah the the intent seems the intent and the effort in that i can i can under, completely understand why almost selling a silver lining to someone yes that's exactly could it. be like no no let's cheer them up right yeah but i think um when i felt in, in this sort of like area of vulnerability and risk myself, knowing all that kind of makes me feel like I'm even more useless. <laughs> like, like you're like, oh yeah, yeah, uh, this is, th there's all those good things and actually, yeah, and I'm still, I'm, I'm ungrateful, aren't I, I guess? That's exactly. another thing that I'm, sh that's shit about me. If you're, it, I mean, uh, where mental health goes and leads and, and what spurs everyone's depression or suicidal thoughts on is different. But for some people, I definitely think that that can be a, a magnify it as opposed to do what the person's trying yeah. to do you know it's not it doesn't come from a bad place oh no absolutely absolutely um, this yeah. is it and um, this is you know so i was about to jump to my number five then i won't i've got to try and yeah no i won't i won't i won't say anymore because i will just jump to number five maybe yeah. i should have started with sure. that never mind no um it doesn't but it matter. is it it's so simple with it it's really difficult just to sit with that so we call it, so in, in Maytree, we were, we were told to sit, sit in the shit. And it is, it's really difficult to just sit in that uncomfortableness because you do, you feel completely powerless. You've, you've just been given this amazing responsibility that you feel that you have to save this person, that you are now responsible essentially for stopping this person killing themselves and to give them reasons to stick around not the way to do it but it's the way that we're all rigged so it's not by yeah. doing these wrong things we're not bad it's it's just the way that we are it's just the way that we're programmed um and it's really really my difficult to do have, the right way. yeah my male mates are very and i am as well and this doesn't even have to be in relation to um specifically um this sort of vulnerability but i'm very solutions based right. that that you know and and sometimes that's not Actually, like you say, maybe that's not what that person needs to hear at the moment. But sure, just want to say, Kirsty said, "Sit in the shit." There's nothing literal about that, mate. Okay. Oh, good. Okay, let me just, just put a line a through that, that because I did, I did, I did, I did no, talk I thought, that. Yeah, you could see. <laughs> like, thanks for clearing that, mate. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, we've when it comes to sort of first aid, <clears throat> and you know, somebody's having a heart attack you're you're told anything is better yeah. than nothing do what you yeah. can and like for me some of them things that you first said there is i think in that situation my default setting would be go you've got oh you've got a beautiful family and like and i i, I know i would like that would be mm. you know i would try and find some positives in their life and say that and is I'm not, I'm not playing devil's no, no, advocate, but I just like that that whole thing of like anything is better than nothing. Like, would you say that that applies for for mental health? Like, or would you say just like for anybody that's put in that situation? Because to be put in a situation where somebody's saying I'm I'm going to take my life, that's that's hopefully a, a, a rare occurrence mm. for most people to ever experience and a fucking terrifying experience for you know for for a, a hell of a lot of people to have to try and 
work out how to deal with that. And and I'm sure many people have been in that situation have probably said, you know, what you've just said to mm. not say. Oh, gotcha. um, because it, because as you mentioned, it is the default setting. You know, do, do you think just talking to somebody in general and maybe making slip ups like that is still better than kind of trying to sort of take yourself out of that situation and thinking, oh fucking hell, I'm, I, I don't know how to deal with this. Like, yeah, definitely. So, um, so calm. The campaign against living miserably. They've teamed up with oh, a car. I can't remember what it is. Um, and they've put out a couple of short video clips of um, a couple of guys and some real basic, really common situations that you might find yourself in, where you've got a guy who's um, quite clearly struggling with something and some situations of kind of some examples of how that conversation might go and then they say right you know this is kind of what this is the way that you should do it so one of them is um so there's a guy so he's picking up his mate in the van and they're going to work and the guy's just sitting there and you can just see he's in his head he's in his head is just not present at all and he's trying to kind of trying to get across that things aren't great that that is you know thing things just aren't going well and is fed up and just struggling and the guy's just he you can see that his friends he he's picking up on it but it's oh it's icky it's oh no it's feelings oh no 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 i don't do that and he'll just completely ignore it completely which obviously is so much worse compared to what you've said. So ignoring it completely, um, disregarding it, just you know, um, jumping over the top of it and talking about something else, definitely is worse um, than maybe talking about the wrong things for sure. Um, because that person, as I say, the, the courage that they've had to build up to talk about what they're struggling with is enormous. And it's really important that you recognise that you might be the first person that they've actually spoken to about this. And, you know, that in itself is a huge responsibility, a massive response and a massive privilege, I always think, that they've trusted in you, that you're going to be able, that, that you're the person they've chosen to talk about this to. Um, so ignoring it completely and treating it like it's not there at all is massively harmful than what you've suggested to definitely yeah okay okay um well should we do number, number two four number four sorry number two. Oh, you're, you're I'm going, going that way there's still five whatever direction screw it let's go to number three let's mix it up <laughs> no no we're, we're gonna say it's number four it's a power thing for me i have to have the power right <laughs> okay um don't offer platitudes. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? And again, these yeah. are these are yeah. our default settings and it is really hard to fight that kind of instinct. So don't be like, oh, you poor thing. Oh my God. Oh, that's, that's, that's awful. Oh, there they are. You know, that's just... Can you, can, it's, you, you can see how that... It sounds disingenuous it to, to, to a degree. It's a, it's a bit like when you, like, the, the idea that you might disclose it to someone and they, they, they ignore you and just offer you a polo and then move the conversation exactly. on. If you say things like that, it does sound a little bit like you haven't really 
you can't be exactly. <laughs> to hear this, you know, it's too much effort. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. What's quite weird is then I did just think, oh, polo. <laughs> <laughs> I know what to do when you're feeling on the tilt then. Spearmint polo? Yeah, cool. You know what, though? Dodge the... Dodge an awkward conversation. You know what? I think she was trying to cry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna grab onto this. So when we do events and like uh, fairs and uh, whatnot, um, when I did my first one, I went and it was just me and a few leaflets. And um, oh, it's difficult because this is just audio and it's not visual. But when you've got people walking along at a, at a fair or something, and they're walking along and they're looking at all these stalls and they're like, oh, okay, I'll oh, that's nice, okay, have a look, have a look. And then they come along and they see our massive banner and it mentions suicide. And their face <laughs> just turns like, a bit like when you're trying to dodge a, a chugger. It's like, oh, okay, no, 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 no eye contact, just move along. Yeah. And I was thinking, how, what, what can I give? What on earth can I give away or like tempt people to come and have a conversation? Um, so no, no word of a lie, I thought about borrowing my uncle's dog because dogs are just amazing social lubricants. Oh, if you've got a dog, and if there's mm. kids, the kids will come and pet the dog, and then the adults are involved, and then you've got them. Um, but we decided to, to create me. well-being. Yeah, we we decided to create well-being bags, so um, or or mental health first aid kits. And in those, we put you know those extra strong mints that blow your head off. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Yeah, there's a massive lag on this. This is going to sound great. Yeah, um, I just noticed it. There's a, yeah, so what they do is obviously where they're so powerful, they are a bit of an anchor. So if, you can't, if you're into mindfulness or just kind of being in the now, whatever you want to call it, because a lot of people don't subscribe to mindfulness, having an extra strong mint will anchor you. So we say that if you are, if you're ruminating and your head is just going round and round and round and round and round, and you just need to get off that merry-go-round just for a second, just to think about something else. Doesn't matter what it is. Think about anything else apart from what you're thinking about. Have an extra strong mint. We also put in bubbles. Again, it sounds so childish, but you put in bubbles. That helps to regulate your breathing. And naturally, as you blow bubbles, yeah. your exhalation is, is longer. Uh, um, and so that helps to calm your heart rate, which will then quash the cortisol that's charging around your body. See, there you go. That's that's interesting. I was listening to um, a thing with uh, Wim Hof the other day, who's the guy who likes doing all this, you know, swimming in the cold lakes and whatnot. Love that and guy. He, he yeah. was talking about how, yeah, how the being getting in the cold water forces you to be you have no choice but to be immediately present yeah because your body's constantly like oh sh you know wow this is cold i've got to deal with this there's no time for and he says it's it's such a great cure for things like depression is because it's so it forces the brain to be present and like only focused on that and not being like in your head like you were saying in, in that advert so it's it's so interesting that I I'd never think that even something so small as a um, as an extra strong mint could do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is it. It's it's anything. So we also do um, we give out little uh, post-it notes with a pencil, um, just so you can write down. And again, it sounds absolute hooey, but if you write down whatever it is that's whatever it is that's frustrating you, even if it's oh man, can you hear that drilling? Is that mm. Ah, damn. Is this okay? 
Can we carry on? It's, it's got a bit laggy. Okay, can, but is that drilling a problem? Can you hear that? Is that okay? No. Oh, no sorry, sorry. I thought you was. I thought that was the example of what you're writing on the post-it note. That's what I thought. <laughs> <clears throat> I was just thinking, wow, I can't believe someone's got a pencil on a post-it note and don't default settings draw a cock and bollocks <laughs> on it. No. <laughs> no, so it's um, so you get a post-it note and a pencil and you just write down whatever it is that's in your head and then you just rip it up or if you're in a safe space, set fire to it, stick it in a sink, set fire to it and then put the tap on. And there's something really powerful in that that it can just... I mean, writing down anything that's bothering you, the same as talking about something, simply moves that thing from your brain from one part to the other. So it, it's processing yeah. it. So I was talking to somebody, and this happens a lot, I was talking to somebody at the pub the other day. And again, this is where I thought, oh, I wish we could just do this as a proper service. So when you're at the pub and you've got a drink and you're having a fag, automatically your kind of barriers and your... Um, yeah, your, your, your boundaries are, are, are lowered and you're so much more relaxed and naturally things will just bubble up to the surface. Um, and I was talking to this guy who was, who was struggling and he, he said about how he didn't really see counselling as something that could help. He doesn't really see how talking about something traumatic is actually going to be of any benefit. And yeah, just kind of explaining to him that just talking about it is, it is it's processing it, it's moving it about it's taking out the power of that particular issue and is, is kind of the, the, the start of the recovery from, from whatever it is that you're going through. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I, de I definitely found, I, I went and sought help at one point and uh, I don't think in my circumstances, unfortunately our best friend killed, killed themselves um, when I was younger and I think the impact of that to me was that the ripples that that had in my life and all my, my, my everyone I know and their friends and family, I've almost got a can't kill myself block in me so I don't think I'm capable of it. I just don't, I, honestly, no matter how bad... And in a way, that was worse because when I was feeling suicidal, I also had this, in a good way, but also a tragic way. It's like, 
I'm not going to do it, but I, I'm having quite strong feelings about it at the moment, or self-harm. And, um, and I went to counselling, and I didn't actually particularly find the counsellor particularly that great. Mm. What I found useful was talking. And like every week I'd come back, and the more I talked about it, and, and the more they listened, whatever, even if sometimes their advice, I was kind of like, that's, that's not the advice I'm going to follow in this particular instance. But the, the actual, just someone there listening, me, as you say, moving those, those thoughts, really, that I don't ever think genuinely were going to turn to a- actions, but were loud enough in my head that meant that it was, you know, it was not cool. Um, yeah, just even talking about it, like you say, Kirsty, was, 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 was super useful. And you explained about this post-it note thing and tearing up, you know, whatever. Is that why, Stu, I come around your house and there's loads of just my name torn in half just in post-it <laughs> notes all over your floor? Is that, what's that, can you explain that? Yeah, um, it's the fact that you won't let me in your house, otherwise I would set fire to it. Uh, and just <laughs> Put it, you'd, you'd write a post-it note. Put it through the letterbox on fire. Swat it on fire and just throw it through my front window. Oh dear! Oh dear! Um, yeah, that's that's really interesting. And and you know, you, you you saying about you know what Wim Hof was was saying about you know that moment in you know jumping in cold water. And I've said it on here many times that like there's a reason I do that swimming, and there's mm. a reason that. I like to put on a pair of boxing gloves and have someone trying to hit me because you can't not be in the present. And when you're in the present in both of them experiences, they're my two favorite hobbies. And it's because I don't think about anything else when I'm doing them two things. And like, and that's an escape from your own mind for quite a while. Mm. And it's lovely. And there's no, there's no, concerns there's no worries apart oh i suppose there's worries that you know you're going to get hit or you're going to drown on where this water's really cold where's my penis <laughs> gone there's there's all there's all of them things but you are so in the present and that's when i think you feel you know f- you know i know the, the nature of what we're talking about today but feel most mm. alive yeah definitely definitely i think um what do you do do you do cold water swimming <gasps> yeah amazing i'd love to, i'd love to do that um yeah, definitely. So there's there's a website. Oh, I've forgotten what it's called. But if you were obviously, I'm not encouraging anybody to do so. But if you were to Google things like um, how to die, um, painless ways of to kill yourself, of which there are none. I'm just saying now. Um, there's a great website that will pop up, and it talks about how to keep yourself safe for the next five minutes. And then it will talk about for the next 20 minutes and then it just slowly grows because you'll know, Chris, when you're feeling suicidal, it's I literally cannot do this any longer. I'm, I'm absolutely done. Mm. That's it. So it's just literally just taking a couple of minutes at a time because you just need to diffuse that situation. However you do it doesn't matter. Masturbate furiously for half an hour, whatever you need to do. Let me make a quick note of that. <laughs> Just keep yourself out of that headspace. Yeah. Put yourself somewhere safe, whether that's calling somebody, whether that's doing something relaxing or pleasant, whatever it is. Just get through the next five minutes. But as, as the, the sooner you speak to somebody who you trust, that is the key thing. That is absolutely the key thing. Chris, can I ask you, did, did you speak to anybody when you were feeling suicidal? Yeah, yeah. So, um, Chris, also, when you answer, can you stop masturbating, please? Because it's weird. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm just relaxing. As <laughs> he said, relaxing. Me and my girlfriend's code word for masturbation is having a relax. <laughs> so right awake. Do you, have you just been relaxing? Yeah. Um, uh, did I? Sp- yeah, I did. Yeah. So um, I had loads of weird stuff like like all the foundations of your, your, your pillar stones, as I saw them in my life, were like. Uh, you, you love you, you wrote you, you love life your family and work um, not my friends I was very lucky with that but those other pillars just all got blown to pieces all consecutively within a couple of months of each other and I was just on tilt I didn't realise for a while talking to my friends was kind of useful um, but actually it was one of my friends uh, uh, two of them um, Nicola Melly Kat Harrop who were kind of like but maybe maybe you want to go down the cancelling route I said fuck off um, I didn't. I actually, I actually just, I was kind of like, yeah, I think it's, it's that's a good. Shout. In your head, you're thinking, yeah, and, off. and that's what I did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And then, uh, yeah, and, and and that's what I went and done, and 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 spoke to someone for about, uh, I guess the it was about eight weeks worth of of uh, of sort of like um, therapy. Um, yeah, it was it was a big mix because mine was a block. It was kind of those sort of thoughts, thoughts of self harm, and um, like absolute. I couldn't really, I couldn't, I, I just procrastination really. And I think that procrastination was because it was my way of numbing or just not facing anything. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's why that's why I went. And as I say, like, I've had counselling previously, like like uh, back when I was like my mid twenties as well, um, which was babe. That was all off the back of. Um, the death of my friend, like I'd bottle, I'd kind of not pro- processed it, and then like t- eight years later, it was all bubbling up, and I didn't even realise that's why I felt like I did, but it was all linked to that. So I'd done counselling before, and that was quite good, and and some psychology hypnotherapy, and so this then this other um, version was more focused about you know thoughts of self harm and stuff like that, and as I said, like it was kind of weird because I think I a lot of what they were saying, I kind of knew in myself i just needed someone to part say it to me or or, or whatever yeah. yeah that was it that's all, that's kind of what i needed as as a means for my own sort of way to recover and now i just know like what my what what my sort of if i can see i know how when i'm slipping so i can sort of like top up my mental health by doing things like you know shit well this could be as well have i seen enough of my friends recently um am i doing enough exercise and if I just do these things, am I eating right? And if I'm slipping, I start feeling more miserable. That it's probably those things. So I can keep, I can normally keep a reasonable kill. I'm not saying I have, don't have good or bad months, but mm. I wouldn't say I'm 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 the same person really. I don't have those those faults. Not that they can't return. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, yeah. Thanks. I, I do think. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, as it's well documented on this podcast i'm old as fuck and mm. but Quote, i'm gonna get that on a don't t-shirt have to think about for you i'm old as fuck that is what you say <laughs> the good thing is you don't have to think about suicide shoe because literally time is gonna oh, do it mate, very like, quickly yeah that that t-shirt would be sponsored by dignitas <laughs> it's only a matter of time like <laughs> um so um <laughs> <laughs> i'm thinking of killing myself old age um yeah so i do think that that that, you know there has been if we're talking about um men's mental health i do think there's been 
a huge shift and attention brought on that over the last sort of three, four, five years that certainly didn't exist then, like, you know, but prior to that, the, the level it has, you know. Um, I don't know if it's just because the circles that I choose to sort of, you know, mm-hmm. find, you know, move in, yeah, exactly. Like, uh, uh, and all of my friends are quite, you know, open about their, their emotions and their feelings and, and things like that. But I cast my mind back to, you know, the, the, the sort of mid to late nineties and, and yeah, like, you know, I, I, I had someone that, you know, I was really, really good friends with and, and spent maybe four years in a van with, um, like traveling up and down. And I, I walked into a room, I, I knew that he'd had a, a, a bit of a rough time and it was, oh, should we go and have a beer? And then it'd be like, and I probably would have been guilty of going like, yeah, yeah, but you know, we, we've we've got another tour, like you know, it'd, it'd be a laugh, you know, we we do this and 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 yeah, and I I literally walked into a room and 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 he'd cut both his wrists and and you know and I I I certainly had no you know as a first aider I knew what to do but I didn't like meant like you know mentally I did not know how to deal with that I did not know what to say to him and and. You know, I took him to hospital and, and then the next day I said, you better stay at mine because all he was bothered about was his parents seeing what he'd done. And, and yeah, just, I mean, he wasn't the biggest of talkers anyway. And, and, and sitting there in a, in a room, you know, in, in my, in my flat, just going, yeah, it'd be, it'd be all right, mate. Like, and I, I certainly had no idea about how to deal with anything yeah, like that. The words to use, you know, and I still don't think I have now, but I definitely think that men discussing their emotions and feelings um, has definitely improved a lot since then. I mm. definitely, you know, think that seeing, you know, I know it sounds a little bit crap, but like seeing so many celebrities, you know, that openly talking about it and you know, yeah. promoting, you know, mental health awareness, you know, as, as you know, it, it, it does work. Yeah. It, obviously, you know, if, if people that you aspire to and you, you know, your heroes, whether they're sports people, musicians, whatever, if they're actively saying it's all right to not be all right, you know, like then it, it will find its way in and it does start chipping away at the, <laughs> uh, you know, at, at, at the wall. And I think that's, that's really important. And yeah, just, I just want to sort of reference that point there because I'm sure he was in his own little way trying to tell me leading up to that, that he was in a fucking bad place. But yeah, I don't know if I was just so fucking self-involved. I didn't, you know, w- weren't aware. I don't know. But um, yeah. And then uh, again, like the, you know, the, the, the fallout of that of just kind of, you know, ringing him up every day. He's going, oh, are you all right? Like, do you, do you want to go out for a bit? I didn't know what to say. It was just like, oh, let's just see if yeah. he's all right. And like, and, and it sounds really crap, but I'm just being really honest on here. It was just like, I'll just see, I, I ring just to make sure like yeah. he's alive. <laughs> because, and it, I don't know, in a kind of, I don't want it to happen on my watch because, and I know it no, sounds really horrible, but, but it, it you know, uh, and I don't want to be that guy in the van that was like offering him a polo and trying not to fucking talk about it. Do you know what I mean? But sometimes like, yeah, I, I, I'm just trying to draw on the one experience of that that I've had. And it, and it was like, oh God, yeah, like, I, I'm the only one that knows this has happened. 
you know, his family don't know this. It's like, it's on me now. Mm. And like, and yeah, just kind of, you can definitely feel the weight of situations like that. And it is like, you know, if somebody's confided in you, it can be fucking heavy. And like, I, mean, I don't know why I'm telling you this. You, you, you've obviously had far more experience of that, but I just thought I'd throw my two penneth in there and just kind of say that I think if I knew now, if you knew then what you know now, like, that's yeah. the one. That's the one. I never get that one the right way round. Yeah, I think I might have been a little bit more equipped to go, mate, it's all right, man. Like, th- you know, you I can feel like this. Kirsty would both agree from what you said. Um, you you definitely let him down. <gasps> you bastard. <laughs> I'm obviously messing. Um, mate, like, I think the, tr- the truth of the matter is we never we we're getting better at this, but how, what what prepares you for these things? There's, there there isn't a manual. I mean, Chersley saying, "Here's five things that you can do," is more than most people are armed mm. with, because like you know, I, I I always feel that these mad fucked up events that happen in your life. I, I did feel myself becoming an adult. I was like, okay, right, yeah, shit. I I, I see what like life is can be now. Like the the the, the, the tougher side of life. Because these, you get confronted with these things, and you just think, "Oh shit!" Like, like you say, "Shoot, that's a." I can't imagine, mate, how um, how tough it was for your friend, but also you walking into a room when someone's uh, done that to themselves. That, that is something. I, and for you, to, for him to do that to you, shoot, like my jokes aside, my my horrible, wicked jokes aside, that's because you are a very you, you're a very warm human being, and people are, are, are drawn to you. So obviously, like Kirsty said earlier, like. He was, you know, he, you, you were that person that he chose for that support, you know, and uh, you, doing something like Kirsty says is better than nothing. And also, a lot of that is right. Like when my friend, like it's really weird because we talk about these things and signals and signs. I, I didn't know. But like for example, my best mate, I was told that um, it was all triggered around cannabis psychosis and all this other stuff that we didn't know even until a couple of years after his death. We didn't even understand what really, had, what had sent. Jamie over the edge to, to that point. And um, my friends, I was at uni, he'd have been at uni, like we both started, best time of my life. But Jamie, um, we were both terrible at chatting on the phone, right? Best, thick as thieves, but also like, if we're not together, we weren't always chatting, you know? And uh, he hadn't even told me he'd quit uni. And so I came back at, just before I came back at Christmas, one of our other best mates went, Chris, Jay's in a, in a, Bad place. He's he's saying some weird things. He's done some very like uh, you know um, classically schizophrenic things, and so that entire Christmas I spent with Jay, like the whole like almost every day with Jay. And I can't honestly tell you what if I can't do a play for play of what I said right or wrong there, but I just spent all time with him. I'm sure there was shit there that wasn't useful for Jay to hear because I was a 20 year old mm. like madman at that point in my life. And um, but I, like, I miss the, some of the other things, Kirsty, that Jay said on days just before I left him that now I'd be like, how did you not think that, that what you'd done probably wasn't the end of it? Because I kind of left it and gone naively thought, oh, he's all right now. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, he's talking. Because when I got around his house, he wasn't talking. He wasn't talking to any of his friends. He got around there and, and Tom was there, one of his best mates. And Jay was going, hmm. Like that. That was like a guy who's gregarious and fun. Was that was his mode of communication? So after about four weeks of hanging out with him, and he was chatting and being what I felt was his normal self, I was kind of like, "Job done." 
Jay's Jay's all better. And Jay said to me things like, uh, you know, you're, we're playing Mortal Kombat, weirdly, of all games. And we, he turned to me one night and said, you know, you'll always be my best mate. And kind of he said it in a way that I, like, but now I look back and I think of the tone. It's like, I think Jay even thought that it was like, Chris, you, you're really trying your best here, but it's really not going to... Like I've 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 made my mind up, and he killed himself on his twenty first birthday. So there's there's utterly premeditated, you know. He's like I've, I'm checking out at this point, and I didn't pick up on those things. So you kind of like, yeah, we're learning more now, Stu. But like as with your friend, you you try your best, but you know I don't think we are even now perfectly equipped with it. So yeah, all, all power to you, Kirsty, for you coming on this podcast and giving us these these top no, five. No, absolutely. Stu, before you I jump in there, can I I really want to pick up on what Chris has said because it's something else that's massively important and it is a huge red flag that if ever, that everyone else kind of needs to be aware of. So you talked about that. Um so so Jamie was quite quiet, wasn't really saying much. And then when you saw him a few days or a few weeks before he died, he seemed to be more of himself. And that is really, mm. really common. It's really, really common. And it's something that sadly I hear about a huge uh, loads. If mm. you have, if you've spe been speaking to somebody who's told you that they're feeling suicidal and I don't know, you get them into whatever service or whatever mm. or not. If they then become calm and kind of level and they might even be booking things, might even be making plans for a holiday or booking up a gig or blah, blah, blah. That is a screaming, ringing bell that they've probably made a date. Exactly yeah, as you've oh, said, right. Chris, yeah. that yeah, yeah. that calm, that serenity, they've, they've made peace with it. So rather than that constant mm. conflict of fucking hell, I'm in agony, but I cannot do this any longer. They've now they've ne they've made that decision. They've made that decision, and they, yeah, maybe on the face of it, they're booking these things because they know that they're not going to be doing it, and they're making the most of spending that time with their friends and family, and really enjoying that time, making sure that everybody's okay before they, mm. as you perfectly put, before they check out. That really is important. So that's just something else for any listeners that are listening. If you're speaking to somebody who a little while ago was saying that they wanted to die, and now they are calm that is a red flag and just that's, jump on that. That's so mad you say that. The, the, the only other experience I've had of anything like this is, is a, a friend of like my very good friends. And I'm not going to obviously name any names, but um, they come to the club um, uh, and he come with them, had a great time um, and went home and hung himself afterwards. Um, and then, in hindsight, um, he'd he'd bought a rope like two weeks ago. Uh, he'd made himself a really nice meal before he went to the club that night. Went out with all of his mates, had a great time. Everyone had a yeah. brilliant time. Went home and, and took his you know took his life. It's just you know, and and that at that point, I remember somebody saying to me, "There is that when you've kind of gone right, okay, I'm I'm going to do this now." And and it is like right the the kind of the weights yeah, off the shoulders now and it's yeah. like there's a there's a there's a you know there's a there's an end to this and like yeah it, it's uh that's it's just yeah it, incomprehensible that you know your mind can find itself in them sort of places fucking terrifying yeah absolutely um should we whiz through because i don't know is this meant to be an hour 
we're, we're I'm enjoying the chat. Um, let, let's hit your number three. Normally it is about an hour, Kirsty, but you know we're not we, we're not going to just be like I'll just rat, rattle through these. Un- these ones are less important. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's just... um, yeah, don't tell them that it'll be okay. You don't know that. You don't know that. Don't tell them it'll all be okay. Again, like Chris said, it's all the silver lining. It's what we it's what we're conditioned to do. You just you just want to make them comfortable, and and naturally that is that's a human condition. You're doing it because you're feeling uncomfortable as fuck, <laughs> and you want to try and lighten the situation. Also, again, like yeah. Stu said, you know, you don't want this to be on your watch. You don't want you don't want you to be the last person that they saw. You don't want this to be on your on your head or on your hands in any way, and that's that's absolutely fine. There is nothing wrong with with feeling that, and that's completely completely human. Um, but yeah, don't tell them that it'll all be okay because yeah, you don't 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 make false promises because. I guess it doesn't it doesn't soothe anyone, does it? The, the best person that's probably soothing is you saying it, like mm. because it it comes it, it comes down to accidentally being disingenuous. Of the situation, not like I mean in a malicious way, but just in a yeah, that doesn't mean anything to me because I know it isn't the reality. So yeah, I mean I can see the intent. That's cool, but it's not going to stop my trajectory in you saying that. Yeah, your 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 top five so far of what not to say. I would say if I wrote a top five of things, I would probably say. Yeah. Mm. So far, I've ticked three off. Yeah, that list. honestly, and that's honestly, it's it's absolutely fine. And you know, for anybody listening to this, that you know is recognizing that they may have said that in the past. Um, you know, don't 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 beat yourself up. Don't be feeling guilty beat over it or anything like that. Um, yeah, it it is what it is. We're all. I mean, even even me with all my training, um, I was down down the pub again. I'm not a piss head, honestly. Um, I was down the pub a, a few years ago now and I was talking to a guy again when you're outside having a fag a fag again is just a great icebreaker isn't it and there was a guy there that was um, really complaining about his missus or his now very recently ex-missus I think it was um, and for guys you can have a huge amount of different things that will slowly kind of accumulate to you feeling suicidal so it could be that you've lost your job um, you're now struggling to pay the rent. Your missus is now going to move in with her mum because she can't stand the sight of you and she's taking the kids as well. So that in itself, actually, I just want to say, we talk about suicide and mental health kind of going hand in hand. I personally have a problem with that because I think if you've been faced with that, it's got bugger all to do with mental health. Your life has just fallen apart. It is understandable that you're thinking, do you know what? Um, I can't do this anymore so I just I just want to take that I I know that we're called reach out for mental health but if I could rebrand I wouldn't put mental health in the title again I think it's a huge barrier that people just kind of you know avoid like the plague so anyway I'm down the pub having a fag this bloke's talking about his his ex-missus for so for blokes relationship breakdown is like it tends to be even if that's in isolation that tends to be a massive risk factor for blokes when it comes to suicide. Mm. But, in, you know, it, it can also be the straw that breaks the camel's back. I don't know why. There's probably a huge amount of research that's around men and relationships and how uh, being, a, being in a relationship kind of validates them as a man. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a therapist or psychiatrist or anything. Um, 
but yeah just the language this bloke was using just like I just can't I can't do it anymore I'm just I'm done with it all I just can't be bothered with any of it and I'm sitting here thinking shit shit it's Friday night oh man I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to ask I knew that I had to ask I knew that I had to say the words but again you know being someone that's been surrounded by this having to approach somebody who hasn't officially disclosed to me that they're feeling suicidal asking them are you feeling suicidal or have you had any thoughts of hurting yourself was really hard and I had to really kind of jimmy up the courage to actually to actually say it um and again, he was like, no, 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 no. But then he said, I haven't got the courage to do that. And so again, you're thinking, oh, right, okay, okay. Um, but no, we, we, we had a chat. I stayed outside with him for about an hour, many pints later, and lots and lots of rollies later. Um, yeah, told him what I do and gave him my details and just made sure that he knew that he wasn't alone and that he could, he could talk about it. Um, but it is, you know, again, there's, you know, I, th- I think it's much more well known now that before there was this myth that if you talked about suicide, that you'd be putting the idea in somebody's head. And I think we all know, but for those that don't know, you absolutely should ask someone if they're feeling suicidal. You're not putting the idea in their head. You're not pushing them towards the option. You're not opening the gates of possibility. You're opening the gates of communication for them to talk about how they're feeling and that again is massive because they again they've probably been holding on to this for so long and you actually asking that is like oh, they're coming up for air oh right I can actually talk about it someone's actually asked me they're not afraid of talking about wanting, it. To, wanting to engage and yeah. talk to me about it and give you the confidence to, to yeah. continue yeah wow should we yeah uh... that, yeah Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. That's... When I've done that, and when I've done that um, within my... Like, within professional realms, but talking to people, um, customers or whatnot... um, it's I, I kind of find a way of 
I don't want to build it up too much in my head that I'm going to ask a question or else I might bottle yeah. out of doing it. Does that sound weird? It's like it's it's the same. This is such a weird parallel to draw, but I have that when I used to ask yeah. girls out. I can't think about too much about the fact I need to do this because it'll make me bottle out of asking something that, that's really important. Um, I don't know. It sounds it sounds no no it's not. But that's like how I've done how I've done it. Is I know I've got a, I know where I am in this conversation. I've got to say this now. So just say I I, I just say. It. But it's easier once you have been trained or you've had these conversations or even listened to this sort of podcast, it's like, okay, right, I know that's probably what I might need to say. So it's kind of good as well in the sense that, um, Kirsty, you've said things that we don't say. Mm. Don't use pla- don't use platitudes. Don't say it'll all be okay. Um, be be there to, to listen. Is there, what, what's your kind of approach? I'm getting there. Uh, when, when I'm, getting to, there. Don't okay, right. I'm segwaying <laughs> in, am I? I'm sneakily segwaying to... So I've got, I've got, I've got yeah, one more sure. don't, and then I'll do the do. the Do do the do. Amazing. Um, Amazing. Okay, so cool. number four is, or number two, I forgot which way we're going. The other one <laughs> is um, don't guilt trip them into living. So it's kind of similar on a par with... Um, you know, the whole at least, oh, at least you've got this and at least you've got that. And mm. saying to them, you know, think about your wife. You know, what would, what, you know, what, how would mm. Samantha feel if she, you know, mm. think about your kids, they'd be devastated. Mm. Don't do that. I think, as I say, they're already feeling like a massive shit and just the worst person in the world as it is. And again, they already feel like they're actually doing you a favour by removing themselves from your lives anyway. They feel like they're a massive burden. All they do is give you grief. They're no good. The family can get along better without you. They'll, you know, after a few years, they'll forget about me. Samantha can move on and remarry, blah, 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 blah. They've got it all figured out. They have convinced themselves that they'll be fine. It will be shit for a while, but they'll be fine. Don't guilt trip them into staying alive. It is just completely counterproductive completely counterproductive is it because it's not it's it's a sh- like you're, it's almost a sh- it can only ever be a short-term feel there because at the root of it they're still yeah. unhappy with themselves and they don't love themselves you're not you're not sorting out the fear I, I, I can't speak for everyone who's felt like this but the feeling of you're not enough for you or anyone else that's that's the root of it it's not um and you're not happy that's the root of it it's not like this other thing like that you're talking about um an effect that your action might have, as opposed to you've got to look at solving the root of it. It's like how that person's feeling about themselves is, is where yeah, definitely. So, so yeah, so th- that's kind of a secondary yeah. effect, isn't it? To what you need to fix, which is how you feel about whatever. But it's yeah, absolutely. Huge. And again, it's <sighs> I've got to be careful about how I word this. So we have a lot of people that access the service that, in training, we say we kind of class them as want rescuing. So they want you to give them reasons to live. Um, They want you to kind of validate them as a person. Um, And particularly as a a stranger, which, you know, essentially we are, you know, we we, we don't really know the people that we're supporting, um, especially in the beginning. It can be incredibly difficult to do so. But even with your friends or your loved ones, when they're giving you, when they're giving you reasons about, yeah, you know, you're just, you know, I'm just no good. I'm no good. There's, I don't bring anything, you know, nobody, nobody invites me out anymore. I just bring everybody down, you know, all that kind of stuff. 
again saying to, no you're for no no you know we wouldn't we wouldn't be without you you know don't don't be silly you know everybody loves you you know you're you're fantastic you're this you're that you think you know your mum and dad think you're amazing they'd be they'd be devastated if anything happened to you again it's not your responsibility to tell them why they should stick around like chris has said it needs to come from from a place within they need to find their own reasons to leave and it's unfair for them to put that that responsibility on you which they say sounds really shitty but that's it, it, it is. no it's I, I think that's so true i think it's so true it's i i, I don't right so i'm going to articulate this badly um and hopefully there's some sort of parallel we can draw with that but you've got to love you've got to find a way to love yourself or at the first point bear yourself for another day um so that you can you can look at and you know resolve this but yeah i think all the other things i, I see a lot of depression and, and the last time some i've had a family member talk about this and it's 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 kind of ongoing in the sense of they're kind of always looking for other people to to yeah. resolve how yeah. their loneliness and their sadness and it's you know it's a real challenge Kirsty, because it does it like to me my experience that does no one no one and else it's can not do sustainable that. No, it's not sustainable at all. No, it's not sustainable no absolutely it is absolutely. it's it's really really challenging um i mean of course this whole subject matter is is, is full of challenges and that's why that's why we still have the issues that we have today so mm. you know i don't know if you guys are aware of this but suicidal rates on the whole over the last 30 or 40 years haven't massively changed not massively so you'll get certain sort of peaks and troughs um and if you go on to ons they'll you know you can read all the statistics you want which my partner thinks i'm mad we'll be i don't know we'll be at a party <laughs> oh it's awful we'll be at a party and someone might say um that they live in Harlow and I'll be like oh yeah Harlow yeah it's got a massive suicide rate over there I'm just like I just love <laughs> Oh, oh you're funny he's cursed Jesus Christ. yeah um I forgot where I was going with that now but no it is it is it's it's a it's a it's the subject matter as it is you know we we have made massive amounts of progress but mm. we haven't had enough you know the, the the suicide rates haven't dropped enough to be um yeah to really warrant all of these conversations and all of these campaigns and all of these amazing services mine included that they're actually making the impact that they should and we yeah. need to look at we need to really look at why that is and pandemic sure as shit ain't going to help there is a mental health pandemic on the horizon charging forth as we speak for sure yeah. so do you want to hear my number one or number five or whatever it is let's do it what do you well, do i'm going to ask you here we go what do you think you should do if someone tells you that they're feeling suicidal Tell right, man let's up. have one. Let's. let's <laughs> what did you tell say? <laughs> tell him a tell man, him up. man up. Oh, I thought you said help. <laughs> Jesus. Neither. <laughs> no. Don't, no. Um, shake him. Shake him. Shake him. Scream in their face. Tell him to calm down. Yeah. Uh, give him a polo. Yeah. Give him a polo, yeah. man. <laughs> I, I like to just uh, just lean in for a hug, but just lean past him and get the TV remote. And then just put on something on TV, on, uh, you know. That's how I deal with it. Sometimes I just, I just, just turn around <laughs> and just run. <laughs> <laughs> or um, 
Uh, Chris, I'm fear every thoughts of self harm and suicide. Um, you know, I've I've just lost my girl. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> but just a simple. Oh, I just think, God. <laughs> we just need to get this out, Kirsty, because it's yeah. our childish issues. Let's get this shit out. Let's get these gags out. For an hour. I'm so proud of you both. You say that, I've literally drawn about 350 cock and balls on post-it notes for the duration. You just can't see. Furiously. I've not been able to concentrate because I've got these fuck off extra strong mints that are blowing my mind right now. I love that. I really like that. That is a thing. Uh, you know, I've learned a lot in this chat and that one has, has really sort of um, blown my uh, mind. Um, honestly, me now to me in the past like Shu says I would have, I, I, I would have done and to an extent I still do little bits of all these things that are probably not the best um, but I, I'd say the one thing I, I've learned personally is don't be a solutions guy straight away so f- f- because that is unfortunately what I want to do I want to go oh right, okay right this is how we're going to stop you kidding yourself right here we go we're going to start by doing this this and this and this like, whereas, really, I'd rather just be a landing pad for people just to go, just to talk and let them talk and listen and just 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 listen for ages until, like, I feel I have a better opinion. Oh, right, cool. Yeah, listen. Uh, for people who oh, yeah, um, <laughs> might not be on the Patreon or might watch this, yeah, Kirsty's just held up a little pad that said, shut up, Chris. No, <laughs> said, listen. So that's that's good Stop to hear, <laughs> No, it is. Do you so, know what, yeah. landing pad, can I use that in our materials? That I absolutely love that sure. expression. That is just cool. beautiful. I'm going to use that. And I'll, I'll credit you. I'll credit you for that. You um, don't need to credit me for, <laughs> for, for that. You know, Just give me some cash <laughs> in some way, shape or form. If you save someone's life, just say, was it the landing pad? Was it, was it, that, yeah, it was the landing it? pad thing that uh, stopped me killing myself. You owe Chris 50 quid or a, kid, a kinder egg. I'll take a kinder egg. Um, but yeah, it, you know, all joking aside, listen. And it sounds so simple, but it is so hard. That is why when we train our volunteers, we have two days to teach them how to listen. Do not underestimate how difficult it is because you are fighting every single instinct everything that's coming into your head it is it's like shit 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 we've got to resolve this situation we've got to make sure this person's okay and as i say that is absolutely human that is you know if if you didn't i'd think you might be a tad psychopathic possibly or you know a bit of a sociopath yeah, yeah. um yeah it's that's absolutely normal so there's there's a fantastic um a fantastic clip by Brene Brown. Ah, oh, holy mackerel, if you guys could get Brene Brown, that would be amazing. Mm. Nobody knows who Brene Brown is, look her up. And she does this amazing cartoon that we use in training that's around um, compassion versus empathy. Because the two kind of sort of overlap, but there's a few very kind of mm. definitive differences between the two. And, um, and she says in there that, you know, but basically when someone's telling you that they're struggling, you know, whether they're feeling suicidal or not, or if their marriage has fallen down or whatever. Um, they're 99.9% of the time, there is going to be sod all that you can say that's going to make them feel better. That what, what on earth can you say that's going to make them feel better? Kind of a bit of a God complex if you think about it. 
I mean, that's some serious power. So don't say anything. If anything, just say to them, as Brene Brown says, just say, shit, you know, I, I don't even know what to say right now, but I'm, I'm just so glad you told me. I'm, I'm listening, I'm here for you. Tell me what, what's been going on. Just keep that conversation going. Show them that you're not going to recoil in the, oh, I don't know what to do. This is icky. This is horrible. Just be present. Just be with them. And they're not, they're not going to expect you to resolve the situation. They don't have any expectations for you to fix them. And that's really important. They just want to fucking tell somebody about this agony that they're in. And I don't use that word lightly because it is agony. I tell, I tell this to so many people. There was uh, an interview with Rory O'Connor, who is like the chief guru of, of suicide prevention. He works at Glasgow University. And he did, um, I'm sure it was Rory O'Connor. Now I've said that, I'm doubting myself. Um, but he did a, a, an interview and he was talking about how he supports people. Um, and he was talking to people that had cancer in his kind of in his medical life, supporting patients that have cancer. And um, generally with cancer patients, it's really unusual if you get a cancer patient that says, you know, I just want to die. I just can't do this anymore. I've just, I just want to be done with it. I'm in too much pain. Conversely, they'll be saying things like, you know, I don't want to leave my family. I'm not ready to go. I'm going to keep on fighting. You know, they're, they're in terrible pain. They're riddled with cancer, but they're not ready to go. They want to keep on going. So for somebody who is choosing to kill themselves, let's use those words. They are choosing to kill themselves. And there is no pain-free way of dying by suicide. The pain that that person must be experiencing needs to be acknowledged. It is mammoth. Um, and as I say, that you can't fix that. You absolutely can't fix that. And it, it's, it's important that everybody understands their role in what that is. You're right, Stu. The goggles went on and then, when they, then they went off. Uh, I just took them off because I was going to say something just to, to, to kind of just sort of... It, it, I think it's it's so important what you said there about listening. Um, and if what, what what advice, if any, would you give somebody that finds themselves in that situation, has sat there and listened, uh, and is obviously now feeling that weight that you know I kind of crassly said that I felt of like oh god it's on me. What's the best thing to then do? in regards to external help outside of the, the two of you, is it wrong to then take their confidentiality, you know, the, the, the confidentiality that you've just had with them, they've just opened up to then go and tell somebody else about that? Like, what's What would you advise the, 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 sort of the next step to be from once somebody's confided yeah. in you that this is, this is okay. how they're feeling? So in terms of confidentiality, that, that is such a key word. Because the reason that they've been carrying this weight around for so long is because that fear of divulging to somebody else. So the fact that they've chosen you to tell, as I say, is a privilege and should be treated as such. So as Chris said, like he was saying that he wants to be the landing pad for now and then look at the more kind of solutions focused things. And that's that's absolutely fine. That's absolutely fine. So in any mental health first aid trading, uh, training, whether it's with MHFA or another organisation, as I say, for the, the, the immediate thing that you need to do is just to make sure that they feel listened to. 
there are no expectations you're listening to them you're validating their feelings you're not oh it'll be it'll be okay oh but you've just got this oh but you need to do that da, 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 da. listen to them and acknowledge what they've just said and what that has taken for them to tell you acknowledge that because that is enormous and then talk about them ask them what do you think we should do never go behind somebody's back I would say unless if you know that they have a plan if you know that they have bought the materials or they they know what time that fast train is going in then call an ambulance or 999 or something like that it's it's not a case of calling the family you, you kind of need to sort it out now if you feel that they are in imminent danger and that's what we tell all of our clients we're not a crisis service if you want to kill if, if you feel that you can't keep yourself safe in the here and now there's there's nothing that we can do to help you i'm just going to call an ambulance yeah. for you so once you've listened to them and you've held them in that space and they have and i use this word in training vomited all this stuff out you might be sitting there for four hours and they are just spewing all this stuff at you yeah. say to them you know once you've once you've done all the bits and pieces what do you think we should do what do you want me to do what can we do to keep you safe? I'm going to be, fuck, I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight because I'm going to be worried about you. Should I come, do you want to stay around mine tonight? What should we do? Should we ring mind? Should we ring reach out for mental health? I live in Essex. Um, start coming up with some kind of safety plan about how you're going to keep them safe and what support they feel that they're going to need. They might absolutely shun and run away and start freaking out because you're talking about services. So then the responsibility kind of relies on you to say, okay, let's, let's meet up for a coffee tomorrow or I'll give you a ring tomorrow. But the important thing is again, for yourself that you keep your, your own well-being and your own mental space as, as kind of optimum as possible. So then you can speak to somebody. If you can speak to a family member or a relative, somebody that you trust, someone that you know isn't then going to rattle off and tell somebody else, you're literally saying, oh, yeah. babe, I've got to tell you something. I, I don't want to say who it was, if you can, mm -hmm. just to get it out. Because again, that is a huge thing that you're going to have to carry. And it's a bit like the whole um, being on a plane oxygen mask. You've got to sort your own oxygen mask out first before you can help somebody else. So make sure that you're okay as well. And, you know, bring the Samaritans. You know, that's, that's, you know, there's no, again, the Samaritans aren't just there for when you want to die. Samaritans are there for a huge range of different reasons. Um, but yeah, talk to them though. Don't take the, don't take the responsibility out of their hands. Say to them, what do you think we should do? What should we do with this? How, how are we going to keep you safe? And just be as open as that. Listen, acknowledge inquire about how they want to move forward basically gotcha yeah gotcha thank you kirsty um is there any other things that you want to add to add to that um in terms no of i think i think that's yeah it, it's like this is this is what we do we, we in training we talk about all the things that you shouldn't do and again you know i don't want to mm. lighten the fact and say that it is easy to do that but it is just just listening just making sure that that person feels really really heard and that you're not just going to fight and swing in and fix it all and take away their control because 
you know, there's a reason they haven't told anybody else up until now. It's probably because of that very concern. So just, yeah, um, yeah just just be with them. Sit in the shit. Curses, I've, that's amazing. Thank you. Thank. I've learned a lot. I, re, I, I genuinely have, and also. Had a good <laughs> I told you it was going to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if people want to um find out more um about uh, reach out for mental health, where's where's the best place to go and sort of find out? A um, bit more? Facebook, thanks to your lovely self, Twitter and LinkedIn. Um, but we do also have a website, reachoutfmh.co.uk. Uh, and and if people outside of Essex uh, are, are feeling like they want to talk to somebody uh, and things like that, what, what would you recommend? Good question. So if you're under 35, um, I think they specifically deal with young people and suicide. There's Papyrus, P-A-P-Y-R-U-S. Um, you've got Calm. They're a fantastic organisation, Campaign Against Living Miserably. I thought that they were specifically there to reduce suicides in men, but I keep seeing literature that says it's for men and women apparently um andy's man club a fantastic organization i just can't sing their praises highly enough um so andy's man club have around 50 different groups around the uk so chances are there's going to be one within say 30 miles from where you live if you haven't got a car there's going to be a bit of an issue it's just for men um they're held every monday between seven and nine so look up Andy's Man Club and it's a group for men to talk about what you're going through. It's a safe place, completely non-clinical. Um, yep, there's that. Um, Leeds Survivor-led crisis service if you're in the Leeds area. Um, Bristol have got some amazing uh, suicide prevention services that are again kind of aligned with our own sort of philosophy and ethos. Um, yeah, I say failing that, Samaritans. Um, I think they're 116123, I think. Um, yeah, there's there's a whole host of whole host of support out there. And yeah, you're you're not alone. You feel like you are, but you're really not alone. And this is a an awful situation for anyone to go through. Don't feel that you can do it on your own because you, you can't. There's the long and short of it. You you can't get through this alone. So speak to somebody. Just, just get it out there. Take, take a chance and speak to somebody. And speaking for personal, uh, you know, um, for my personal thing, there, there are, you know, that you can find your way out of it as well. It isn't, you know, there, there can be, you know, a, a, happy, a happy ending, really. That's a lower the tone. Listen, I've learned a lot. I've, I have learned a lot, and thank you so much, Kirsty, uh, for coming on. It's it's, it's been brilliant. And, Absolutely. Uh, but you say you can't. There's things that you can't say to people if they open up to you. Don't just look for solutions. But I'd say, shoot, if I open up to you in the future, and if I say anything to you about this, I'm, I'm having these thoughts again. There are three little words that you can say back to me. Fancy a blowjob. <laughs> it's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast.